What's going on? How's everybody doing? Yeah. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Okay, did that make you smile? Did, did that make you smile? Can I get an honest answer? God loves you, right? That's a powerful thing God's given us, just to be able to come up and say, God loves you. How many people get to hear that? I've been doing this thing where I just kind of run into random people, and uh, it's been going really well since last year, and it's just kind of like I walk up to them and say, hey, man, has anybody told you lately that God loves you? And it just starts like the best conversations. They're like, wow, I really need to hear that today. It's a powerful thing to be able to come up and say confidently, God loves you. Has anybody told you that lately? So there's one for your pocket. Put it there. Use it. Represent. Cool. I want to welcome everybody. Welcome all of our uh, first-time visitors. Yes. Come on. Welcome. We love that you're here. If you're a first-time visitor, just kind of raise your hand. If you didn't get a welcome packet, we'd love to get you a cup and, and just get you a little bit of H2O swag there. And uh, yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Man, and I want to also say we've got some returning people that have moved away, but they're here today. Man, come on, give it up for them too. Yeah. So good to see Hannah and Ian today. Man, and then we've got some people coming and visiting our community that graduated from OSU. Man, just welcome you guys. We're so glad you're here. Well, um, my name is Joshua Ortega. I'm one of the two pastors here. Daryl Phillips is the other one. I'm, I'm the lead pastor here for H2O. I didn't get to share this too much about last week, but um, we're just basically a simple church plant on a, community camp- on a college campus, a public university. H2O is a network that plants churches on public universities. Uh, we are a community church, but we are campus-focused. This is, uh, our whole church is just strategically looking at reaching uh, college students. I just read an article the other day uh, mentioning about the mission field of college students. It's, it's considered now an unreached people group in the United States. Like 2 to 5% college students are actually engaged in relationship with God. And so what does that mean for us? That means it is a place that hasn't heard people say, God loves you. Something that simple can change somebody's life. I have a good friend. It wasn't until his second year in college, he was all-star basketball player, played in high school, middle school, high school, and it wasn't until his second year of college he even heard the name of Jesus. No one even, he didn't even know who Jesus was, didn't even hear the name. But as soon as he heard about the truth and the love of Jesus Christ, his life just took a totally different direction, and man, he's just representing rocking it today. His life has been changed forevermore. Because somebody said, do you know that God loves you? Do you know that Jesus is for you? So that's what we're doing here on campus, and uh, that's who we are. If you want to check out more about our church, you go to our website, uh, com. I guess, .com, yeah. So today, this week, we're closing out our second part series uh, on uh, getting connected in biblical community every year I do this, I try to like focus just for freshmen coming in, uh, highlighting the importance of getting connected into biblical community. Last week we spoke on being rooted and what it meant uh, to, to, to look at Jesus' teaching and see the obstacles we have to overcome in getting rooted and what it looked like to be good ground and see God's word and truth really take root in our lives. And uh, once it takes root, it grows and produces a rich life. 
I'm talking rich in relationship with God and with others. Uh, we get a life of love, of joy, of peace, of freedom. We get a life of fulfillment today and an eternal fulfillment, every day being satisfied. And I've talked to people who um, have, have taken this trajectory of super successful without God, and they reached the pinnacle of what they thought their dream was, and it was still empty. And it wasn't until they found Jesus Christ that brought meaning and purpose to their life. And like, ah, that's, this is what it's all about. Hallelujah. Jesus makes things make sense. Hallelujah. Um, this week, we want to do a little bit more than guide you in the direction of being rooted, but we want to champion you to grow in your identity. We want to champion you to grow in a healthy, strong uh, uh, rooting system in this process uh, for your faith. So let's pray first. I always want to ask God for help. I need it every day. And um, more prayer, the better. So join me, please. Um, God, we thank you. We just thank you so much for your love and your grace. We thank you for our first-time guests. We thank you, Lord, for our church family that has returned. Man, it's so, such a joy to everybody returning back. Thank you for that. Lord, we're thankful to be a church that has an opportunity to gather on a college campus to worship you. Uh, Lord, we come to you today to be encouraged, strengthened together as one in you and with you. We ask that you would pour out your love on us, God, that you would guide us with all your truth and that you would empower us, Holy Spirit. We ask this for not just for H2O, but AIA, IFI, Crew, Chi Alpha, Christians on Campus, the Gospel Choir, Rock Campus Fellowship, the High Praise Dance Team here at Wright State, the Chinese Christian Fellowship, CMC, Ratio Christi, and all the small Bible studies that are already beginning to take place on this campus. Lord, we ask that for our partner churches in the surrounding Dayton area and around the world. Expand your kingdom. Lord, I do want to uplift Dayton today, the city of Dayton. So much has gone on this year, and events, new events just this week have happened. And, and we want to ask you to rescue this city, stir up revival in this city. And we pray that your love, truth, and grace guides this city. Lord, we came here to hear a word from you today. I pray that we have ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to do something new today. I haven't done it before, but, you know, I, I've been spending some time with uh, my home pastor, and uh, he's just really good connecting, reminding me of something he used to do like 25 years ago. Uh, I don't know why he stopped, but he's, I loved it. So just take your Bibles or your, your phones or whatever you have in your head or, or in your hand to, to read the Bible today, and uh, just repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. This is God's holy word. It has, what I ha it has what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I am who it says I am. It's the infallible, incorruptible, indestructible word of the living God. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Nice little declaration there. Hallelujah. Yeah, we love declarations. Hallelujah. Well, um, we're going to look into Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And uh, as we look into this passage, it's a passage we actually ended on last week. We closed with this just to kind of give us some excitement for what's in store as we get rooted. And um, it's a passage that I think is important that we look at to see what Jesus is inviting us into in today's message. So if you look to Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to look at 14 through 21, 
This is an epistle, which simply means it's one of the letters. It's not one of the gospels. It's one of the letters written by Paul to Ephesus. And what we're looking at today is a specific prayer to Ephesus. So chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. It's on the screen too. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, remember we talked about that last week, rooted and knowing that God loves you, you, that you would have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Mm. And to know that this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is, in, is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Who wouldn't want this? That's what I'm asking. I mean, I just feel like if there was a book that came out on the shelves and said, to know God's power, to experience his love, to not just know his, his love, but to know his love, and to um, be fulfilled, to experience the fullness of God, I feel like that would just be the number one selling book on the shelves for a couple of years. Like, who wouldn't want that? Who's not looking for instructions on how to have this in their life, right? And so, as we refer back to last week's message in Matthew 13, uh, just to, to recap, there was different seed that fell on different types of ground. And it's really beautiful to see that the seed just simply fell on all, all the types of ground. And one of the ground is described as good ground, as good ground. There was nothing special done. It said the seed just fell on good ground, and it produced fruit, some 30, 60, and 100. But I, and I, it doesn't say there's anything unique, like specially done by the farmer. It was seed that fell just like it fell on all the other grounds. And I am no farmer, but I know farming basics, that if you till the ground, and if you get it ready just a little bit, you're going to experience a greater yield. I mean, if I'm wrong here, you come up and tell me, I grew up on a farm, There's way, it, it's not that. But I'm telling you, basic farming, you till the ground, it's going, you're going to get a better crop, I pray. So as we look at that, basically what I'm saying is that if we get intentional, a little bit more intentional to see God's work manifest in our lives, we'll have a greater yield in our life year after year if we get a little bit more intentional with stirring like preparing the ground of our heart and that 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 yield that it's going to take place is is going to be extremely like there's so many benefits to allowing this fruit to take place not just like it, it's not more fruit but it grows quicker you know what i'm saying there are things that you could do to the ground to get the crop to grow a little bit quicker as well and so we want that for you. We want to see you get a little bit more purposeful with your time and prayer, time in the Word, and time spent in community. And we really believe that that's going to create 
a greater yield in your life. And that's what we're wanting to champion. In fact, today I want to show you that God wanted you to succeed first. He's the first one to champion you. You may say, but Ortega, I have all of these great parents that have championed me all my life, and I have coaches that have championed me before I even heard about Jesus. But check it out. The Bible says that he was thinking about you before he created the universe. Wow. He's thinking about you before all this was even created. It says that he knit you in your mother's womb and that he was singing over you. There's another passage that says he was singing over you. He has been speaking in your life all your life. You finally just recognized his voice and, and started choosing to follow him. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to champion you. We have a model from the Bible for you to thrive as you're moving forward in your adventure that Jesus launched, uh, and it was a, a kingdom model, a kingdom culture model that he introduced to us. And uh, it's a biblical community that we're looking at when we see Jesus with the crowd, how he interacted with the crowd, his 12, the three within his 12, and then when he went, sent like a, he would send his 12 off in twos, by twos, or those that he were discipling. And so we see this model of community beginning to take shape, kingdom community take shape on the earth. And not just any community, but community on mission. And so uh, we want to look at Paul's life to see this, uh, model played out because it does. And um, yeah, so let's check this out. What plan is this that you ask? Well, it's a plan to help tap into that power to grasp the incredible love of Christ, to know that love that surpasses all knowledge, and that you may be filled with the immeasurable love of God. This plan, this biblical model of community is going to help you thrive in this adventure. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. God has instructed us to lay hold of um, community to experience this power. I want you to look in verse 18 that you may be filled to the. Wait, uh, sorry about that. Uh, nine, maybe 19. That's what happens when I have sheets and not my Bible out. Hallelujah. Okay, yeah. So 18 that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. And then he describes this power like the power to grasp the love of God, to understand it, to experience, right? But we look at this power in our own cultural context and we're like, that I may experience this. Like, I can do this on my own. But Paul is really strategic that, hey, you need to be rooted in God, established, knowing that God loves you, and you need to do this together with one another. You're not going to be able to walk this life or experience what God has for you without being in the community that he's given you. And so... Today, we're going to look at three key relationships in your life that you get out of biblical community. And I'm not telling you, like, be in this bubble, this church bubble, where all you know are Christians. We've been called to be a holy people set apart, but sojourn through life. We have neighbors. We have coworkers. We have uh, fellow students. We, we're on a college campus. Like, we're not just to be this little separated bubble who's not engaged in experiencing life with, within the world. We're called to be set apart, but we're not called to be completely, like, withdrawn from the world. We're on mission. And to do that better, there are key relationships. So here are the three key relationships we see in Paul's life that I want to use as examples that God's given us to champion us. So the first one is Barnabas, 
if you're taking notes. The second one is Luke, and the third one is Timothy. Paul had this guy Barnabas, there's another dude Luke, and another guy Timothy in his life. And these relationships are definitely worth a study on your own. I'm not going to go fully into them. It could be a whole semester on these relationships. But uh, we're just going to look at, we're going to highlight, give you a quick picture of these relationships and how God has intended for us to have similar relationships in our life. So each one of these relationships, uh, whether it was Barnabas or Luke or Timothy, they were all friends of Paul. Okay, so your, your biblical community is going to have friendship. And they were, all were encouragers. They all encouraged Paul no matter what relationship he had with them. But they all played specific roles. And so Barnabas uh, was an awesome guy. So the church was really afraid of Paul at that time before he was Saul, totally murdering and, and persecuting Christians. And uh, he ended up getting a hold of Christ, and the church was still afraid of him. But Barnabas, he saw something in Paul. He saw God's work in Paul and was willing to take a risk and invest his life and walk alongside. Barnabas' name means son of encouragement. You're going to want somebody who really knows strategically how to encourage you when they challenge you. We need a mentor in our life. We need somebody who sees something greater, sees that work that God's doing in our life and says, hey, I'll spend that time with you if you're willing to put it in, and I'll walk alongside this life with you and help you transition or go from this season into the next season. And Barnabas was this for Paul. He was a friend, he was an encourager, but he was a mentor who was willing to walk with Paul, in fact, be sent out with Paul for a short period of time and just help him uh, launch his, his ministry into the, the nations. And so we all want a Barnabas in your, our life, a mentor that brings encouragement and a challenge. The, the scripture that God highlighted was Hebrews 12, 24. So in Hebrews 12, 24, we, we see this passage. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works. Now, some of your Bibles may say spur. Some of your Bibles may have a friendlier version. But if you look at the Greek in this word, there's no greater word than provoke. It's, it's like this irritating dialogue. Let us have this irritating dialogue. The rest of the Bible mentions let us encourage one another, let us love one another, let us lift up one another, right, because life is hard. But to do these two things, love and to do good works, because of our, the, the, the depravity of our sinful nature, um, we really need somebody to provoke us to love the way Christ loved. And I'm not talking about just any love. I'm not talking about the world's form of love and just love those who love us or, you know, whatever. I'm talking about an intentionally going out and seeking to save the lost kind of love. The love that God showed us, that's the love that we need to be provoked to go do. The good works, not just good works randomly that nobody knows why we're doing it, but good works that come with a good news, right? We need to be provoked to do this. We need to be challenged to do this. And I tell you what, you're going to receive this challenge a whole lot better when you have a Barnabas in your life. Let's look at the next uh, key relationship, Luke. Hallelujah. Luke is awesome. Luke was a physician, and he just was like, I'm going with you. 
I never met Jesus. I didn't meet him in person, but I see Jesus' life in you, Paul, and I'm rolling with you. Luke means light or daylight. He was a battle buddy to, to Paul, especially uh, at being a physician, and as many times as Paul got beat up and thrown out and bleeding and all that stuff, uh, a physician came in handy, you know, in hand uh, for that. But he was a helper to Paul. He would write out things for Paul, um, and he was a best friend, of BFF. Do any of you guys have BFFs that just kind of make the sun come out on a rainy day and make you laugh, that help you out? Yeah, I see a couple of that action going on right now. It's great. Yeah, praise God. Man, thank you, Lord, for a BFF. But check it out. We need a BFF that's, that's seeking God together and spurs us on. Like when it gets doom and gloom kind of time in our life and we're losing focus when the wind and the waves is coming and we're taking our focus off Jesus and we're sinking into the water, we need someone not in the boat like, oh, you know, we need somebody in the boat saying, stay focused on Jesus. You got this. You're walking on water. Don't lose sight of the goal. You need somebody in this life to help remind you truth when the enemy's lies are giants in your life saying you're alone or saying that you can't do this or this is not going to work out or this is who you were, it's never going to change. You need someone in your life, a BFF, just encouraging you and saying, hey, we got this. This is what it looks like to shine truth on this circumstance when it gets low. I'm here with you. And you end up doing that for each other. A lot of times, the a Luke can seem like they're mentoring you at times. And at times you're going to mentor that Luke because you're such good friends and you're really inspiring each other to, to follow Jesus and walk together. We need those friendships in our life. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 uh, really describes this so well. The Bible talks about this in, in one of the books of wi the wisdom books here. Uh, Two are better than one because... They have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person keep warm? If someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Ecclesiastes is just describing here this power of friendship and camaraderie. If you've ever read about King David in the Old Testament, he had a Jonathan. He had somebody there when it got super low. He had his mighty men that would just like, they would spur on each other and help David focus, stay focused. We need a Luke, someone to help shine light constantly. We need a Timothy Timothy. Timothy, the name Timothy means honoring God. Timothy was a young man uh, that Paul was bringing up, raising up to send out. He was pouring everything into Timothy. In fact, he called Timothy like someone like his own son. This is my like my child here. I'm sending you someone that is family. It's funny, like for Luke and for Timothy, there was such a personal uh, term. In fact, Luke, he called my beloved, like my beloved Luke. He just loved, Luke was that special. Timothy, this is like my son. I've taken ownership of this young man. My name stands with him wherever he, like 
the authority that I have, you give to him because he's like my son. It was an apprentice. If you're walking out this life and you're not intentionally trying to raise up somebody else, I want to ask you, like, really spend and ask God this. Are you honoring God with everything he's given you? You honor God best when you take what God's given you and raise it up in somebody else. Give it away. It's a legacy, a kingdom legacy. It helps you stay mission-minded instead of just me, 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 me. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting the word I want to hear. I'm not getting the song I want to hear. I'm not getting the time I need to spend with somebody I want, all this stuff. No, now you have a responsibility. Now you're actually walking in those things people have been doing for you. It brings a a whole new light of what God's doing in your life, appreciation, everything. You're leaving a legacy. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you to do. This is what you're going to do with your Timothy. This is the way you honor God is by doing what he's commanded you to do. These are three key relationships, Barnabas, a Barnabas in your life, a Paul in your life, and a Timothy in your life is what's going to help you grow and flourish and experience life to this new depth and experience your relationship with God grow deeper, relationship with other people grow deeper, purpose and meaning to both your pain and your revelation that you're gaining from God. It's going to challenge you to go in the word deeper when you're actually pouring into somebody. It's going to inspire you as you spend time with Luke. It's going to challenge you as someone pulls out or helps identify the weaknesses in your life and speak encouragement and direction in there. King Solomon explained it this way. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, I can't take a wood mallet and shape iron. It's got to be through fire, and it's got to be with another piece of iron. And what was the iron, what are they called? Iron workers, iron forgers, what is this? David, David, uh, David Chamberlain's one. Blacksmith, thank you. This blacksmith in here, when I just get this picture of iron on iron, I'm not seeing him just making like anything. I'm seeing him tailor a sword. You know what I'm saying? God wants to use you, be strategic, maybe an arrowhead, an awesome arrowhead. Just tink, tink, tink. I don't know. But God wants to use you in a very strategic way. You have purpose to your life. Here's just a couple benefits. There are probably hundreds of benefits. There's probably books on benefits to roll in deep. But here's just a couple that I was able to to write down uh, praying about this. First of all, you get accountability right? There's accountability when there's people in your life and you're walking in these relationships. You get differences in diversity. Different experiences come to the table, different perspectives uh, as you dig into the word. What about encouragement? Man, who gives sincere encouragement today? Unity and friendship. Hallelujah. Success. Math and multiplication in your life. Like you actually get to see your life produce fruit. And then a stronger defense. I don't know about you, but these are all things I want continually in my life. 
And I find that if one of these relationships are rocky, I'm starting to experience a little bit of, uh, of things becoming disjointed or out of order in my life in these areas. If I'm not pouring into somebody or, or being accountable to somebody, then my life begins to maybe make some comparable decisions. It's sad we're like that. I just read an article on Belgium horses. Has anybody seen a Belgium horse? No? Okay. Isaac has. Praise. So, yeah, we got a Belgium horse. These things look like monster horses. They're like beefy, steroid-looking, like mammoth, woolly mammoth horses. They're just crazy giant. I mean, you're just like looking up at this, this thing. Check it. It's worth a Google. And, like, it is this strong incredibly strong horse. One Belgium horse can pull 8,000 pounds. So if you get two Belgium horses, you automatically think, well, it can pull 16,000 pounds, right? But no, you put two Belgium horses that have never met each other together, and they can actually pull uh, 24,000 pounds. Two that have never met. If, they, if you teach them to work together, they could pull 32,000 pounds together. 32,000 pounds. I don't know how much 32,000 pounds is. Is that an airplane? I don't know. But <laughs> it is a lot of weight, all right? It is four times what a single horse can pull. Four times. When two learn to work together. I wasn't, uh, it wasn't until I found a mentor in my life that my life really began to get somewhere noticeable. My mentor forced me, really nicely, but forced me to acknowledge um, what I was doing in my life. He made me accountable for the things I did. That's what my mentor did for me. And I didn't begin to understand the power of being rooted, loved by God, or a part of biblical community until I began to seek that out. He didn't seek me out. I sought him out when I began to look at these pictures of relationship in the Bible. My life began just to make sense. And once I had someone to be accountable to, God really was able to show me my strengths and how to overcome my weaknesses. I was finally able to reach out with love and serve somebody else. Instead of being in charge, I know what he's doing wrong. I know how they should do it. I was super humble by that time and now knew how to serve somebody and encourage people to overcome similar things instead of trying to tell them how to overcome it. There's a different perspective I had purpose and meaning to my experience. My pain had meaning to it. It was, it was a life that was more than just life. It was life and life more abundant, like what Jesus promised in 10, John 10.10. 10. And that is when you will finally begin to feel whole. When you know your life has meaning, when you know what that is confidently, because you're in a relationship. And I'm not talking about, like, is this a relationship kind of thing? Like, no, this is a relationship with God. And my life has meaning to it. He's been clear and open to what that is. His love for me and his invitation into his family. So I stand here as a witness uh, today, among many other witnesses here in H2O to this amazing, incredible love that God offers, not just in community, but in relationship with him. It's both relationship with him and others. And 
if you don't know Jesus today, I really want to ask you, like, what's holding you back? Find somebody today and just ask them, how did, how did, how do you get in your relationship? Is it real? Is it what everybody, is it too good to be true? Maybe that's what you're thinking. What's holding you back from running in a relationship with God? Is, is it still, you know, trust him fully? I don't know. But from the bottom of my heart, I'm going to tell you that Jesus is the answer, whether you don't know him or whether you do know him and you're being held back. He is for you. He is for you. He loves you and he wants you. And as we look at these relationships, a, a Barnabas, a, a, Tim, a, Paul, or a Luke and a Timothy in Paul's life, we begin to see that, wow, God is just aligning us, showing us what kind of relationships will help us flourish. He loves us that much that he's in the details. So if you want to give your life today to the Lord, if you're like, Josh, I hear God's love in this message. I hear the invitation to be in his family, be in a relationship and part of this community. I want to encourage you to make that decision today. I'm going to be in the back today after church. There's going to be people with lanyards. Talk with any one of us. We want to walk you through what that looks like. We want to walk you, get you plugged in, get you some healthy resources. But this is your decision. It's not my decision for you. It's not your parents' decision. It's not a spouse's decision. You got to make this your own, like any relationship that is authentic. Come talk to us today. What's holding you back, or are you ready to make that? We'll talk about either one. For Ohana, okay. Do we have one of those booklets? Maybe not. I've got an example of the booklet up here. For Ohana, I get to provoke you today <laughs> to love and do good works. So 10 days of love is, uh, is my challenge to you this week. I want to provoke you to do good works, not to love and to do good works. Not just any kind of love, but a unique love that positions us in a place where we're putting Christ first. These booklets have 10 challenges in them, 10 unique challenges every day, and I want to encourage you to get a battle buddy. Jesus sent them out in two, so get a battle buddy. Get a Luke in your life and say, hey, can you pray for me, and I'll pray for you while we do these challenges, or maybe we could even do these challenges together. But 10 days of loving people, whether on campus or maybe at your work, I don't know what this will look like. I try to tailor this book as best I can from another book uh, to, to, to reach not just students, but also coworkers and, and, and community. Ten days of love, okay? And so on your way out, you're going to get a booklet. The first 40 people, first 40 people, say the first 40. I, I don't think everybody got that. The first 40, first 40, first 40 will get a gift card out there to take somebody out to eat, okay? So we have gift cards to Penn Station and Rapid Fire. They are $10 gift cards, but there's coupons with them. It's buy one pizza, get one free, and for Penn Station, it's buy one. Uh, if you just go there and say, hey, we're with H2O, uh, and I've got this gift card, it's get buy one sub, six-inch sub, and you get one free. And so it's $10. That should be enough to get enough for both of you. Maybe share some fries or, and drink a water. Hallelujah. And H2O. And, uh, but take out somebody new. 
hey, we just met this week on campus, and I just want to continue to get to know you. Can, you, can I take you out to Rapid Fire or Penn Station? Love on the, that, those people, and we just want to provide opportunities for you to grow in that. So there's your, there's your challenge. There's your provoking. And if you're looking for a Luke or a Barnabas, a Luke or a Timothy, I just want you to know that our church it, it has Barnabases and Lukes and Timothys. Like we're running hard after God on mission. This, whether you're a family, whether you're empty nesters, whether you're um, newlyweds, single, there's all walks of life here in this church and we're all on mission to reach this campus. There's a place for you here and there's people here to pour into your life and we look forward to seeing you pour into somebody else's life. So we love you. God loves you. Be blessed and represent. Hallelujah.